All right, y'all, we are doing this episode. This is the bonus episode. We're talking about The Last Dance, episodes one and two. Uh, we all here watching, of course, like everybody else around the world. First off, let me just get what, what are y'all thoughts on the Jordan doc so far? I like it. I think uh, the 90s babies and uh, the 2000 babies, everybody needs to really see it to really see why Jordan is the best player ever. I think that's, I think that's why. I think people need to see this. It's funny you mention that. What's going on. Hmm? Funny you mention that because uh, a lot of the NBA players like Trey Young tweeted out this documentary going to have him put Jordan from number two to number one on his list. So a lot of people having a different viewpoint on it that maybe didn't see Jordan growing up playing ball. What's your uh, input on it so far, Miles? I think it's good. I like how, like, the first episode, they start off, like, from his childhood to college. You see what happened in college, how, how he kind of grew there and became this, like, assassin. Then those first couple years as a bull, were crazy and that one playoff run against the or playoff round against the Celtics mm-hmm, that playoffs, a lot of people don't know about that that he was like putting up numbers like that after they didn't even want to play him that last half of the season so they could tank yeah and he was still dropping like 30 in like 14 minutes which is crazy so I think it's a good doc oh, so we're going to start off with one of the things that everybody saw that was kind of eye-catching and agree, disagree. Jerry Krause was quoted saying, organizations win championships, not players. You agree with him? He has some validity to this statement. What are your thoughts on uh, Jerry Krause saying that? No, nah, he's wrong. Because the organization isn't out there. They're not. The GMs and uh, owners, they're not out there, like, playing ball. Like, but they do play a part in it, though. But they're mm-hmm. not the ones who win the championship. Like, let's get that straight. Like, That's what he meant, though. He meant he it as, like, organizations as a whole. Like, from the players, which are always going to be at the top. And then, like, the GMs, the player development, the, the owner, they all play a role in, in, in making the, the organization good. Like, look at the Knicks. We got the worst owner in basketball, and we can't, we can't rise above it. No matter how, how good these next picks are, people don't want to come because of that guy. So it's like people in the organization affect every aspect of, of the game and, and the team as a whole. So let me ask y'all this. If y'all had to put on a percentage, 50-50, 60-40, what percentage would you put organizations and players? And when we talk about organizations, we talk about the front office, GM, owner, vice president of operations. Where would you put percentage-wise the value of organization, player? 60-40 or 70-30 players. Somewhere around there. Mom. When I give it to them, it's a it's a tough job to actually, you know, put a team together and stuff like that. You even know from doing leagues and stuff or playing with people, you have to have the certain, can he play with him? Can 
this person can't play with them because they need this amount of shots, this and that. So, I mean, it is tough. And, but still, though, you still got to go out there and play, you know? Jerry Krause ain't going to go out there with a freaking um, with a freaking headband on and go out there and play ball, so. That's facts. But he also is the guy who, who saw a diamond in the rough with Scottie Pippen. He's also the guy who traded Charles Oakley and got all these other players that helped with this dynasty run. So he's kind of like, he's not completely wrong. He probably worded it in the wrong way, but I would say the split is more like based on like the front office because they have to draft well. It's on the players and the coaches to develop them, but you got to draft well. Tone is over here on my side, on my box right here. Like I just want to look at Tone like, (laughs) like what? Like, okay. All right. If you don't think so. I think, I think it's 60-40 to the players. Uh, even if, granted, the owners, the GM, the coach, they all got to draft correctly and put the right team together, and you got to then pick the right coach for the personalities that is on the team and where the team is at. You might need a coach for, you, for the younger players. Uh, but at the end of the day, you could put the best players on paper We've seen a lot of teams that look good on paper, but the players still didn't do their part, whether they weren't working out, whether they weren't willing to buy into the system, whatever the case may be. I still put a bigger percentage on the players because the players still got to come out there. You put the best team together, for example, right? But when it's 98-98 and you need that game-winning shot, that's on the player. Mm -hmm. Really on the player. So you could have put the right squad together, you got Hall of Famers and the whole whole bit. But still, we've seen, like I said, we've seen a bunch of teams that, yo, the Clippers. I was going to say that, Lob City Clippers, right? Griffin, Lob City. Real good on paper, but it never came through. That's on the players. A lot of people look at it, that was on the players. So it still falls on the players heavier to me than ownership. With the Clippers, ownership put the team together for that. Lob City was a, a real good team on paper. Mm-hmm. And then, and then if you think about it too, at the end of the day, like you're talking about the game winning shot or whatever. If LeBron uh, misses the game winning shot or whatever, Julius Randle for the Knicks misses the game winning shot or whatever, or or makes the game winning shot. That let's just speak like a fantasy. The Knicks win a championship, right? They win a championship. Julian Randle, <laughs> Julius Randle hits the game winning shot. Who would be holding the trophy, Julius Randle or freaking James Dolan right there, uh, Jim Dolan right there? Like, who holds the trophy, you know? Ah, put the team together, yeah. Yeah, well, clearly nobody's going to write an article about the the guy working behind the scenes who saw value in somebody who wasn't valued by another team. Of course they're going to not write an article about that. And, of course, you're going to downplay how much that impact. They they recognize the jury. For the Raptors, when he made that that trade to get Kawhi, yeah. a, a huge a huge thing to do trade the country favorite Demar Derozan. So, like I said, it, it plays both both roles. Both people are important. They both need each other. You can look at the the flip side. KG, his mm-hmm. ownership, their front office ain't do nothing to help him. They left them high and dry. So. 
they both need each other at the end of the day. Part of Jerry Krause's thing that a lot of people didn't like either, he signed Scottie Pippen for an $18 million contract over seven years. Highly, highly, highly underpaid. A lot of people disagree with the contract. What are your thoughts on it? Is it Scotty's fault because people did tell him not to sign that contract? Or is it the front office's fault for even offering that and not renegotiating? Well, the, the guy told him don't sign the contract. So it's not like this was like his only option. Like the guy told him, yo, just wait it out. Don't sign this contract. It's not, it's not a good contract for you. It's not going to benefit you in the long run. But like he said, he wanted security. Like he didn't want to, what if he got hurt the next year mm. and had to retire? Then all that money that he left on the table would not be in his pockets. It'd be in Jordan's pockets probably. So it's kind of, it's on, it's on Scotty for taking that contract and not like betting on himself, like believing, like, I get it. It's not, it's not like football though, where like injuries are more like prevalent, mm -hmm. but people do get hurt. So I get it, but it's almost like he didn't believe in himself to, to stay healthy for, for this run. And he'd rather take his chance with this offer, which was kind of like a low ball offer at the end of the day, but it's his fault. He took it. Just to give the uh, viewers and the listeners some perspective, Mike was obviously the highest paid in the 97-98 season for the Bulls at $33 million. Tony Stokes, Ron Harper, Dennis Rodman, and Luke Longley all made more money than Scottie Pippen. Mm, Luke Longley. Mm. Luke Longley made $3.1 million. Scottie was only making $2.7 million that year. To give some perspective, the, the difference. Oh. So, the second highest paid player on that team was Tony Kukoc at 4.5. Jordan was getting 33 mil. Put that in perspective. Who would you put at fault, Scotty or the organization? It's Scotty's fault, honestly. Sad. Looking back at it now, it's sad that it went down like that, but he was told not to sign that contract. Um, I agree with Miles that he should have uh, – he should have maybe bet on himself a little bit more. I, I, or maybe he was just, like, panicking, like, nah, I just need the money now. You know what I'm saying? I know he wanted to take care of his family and all that stuff like that. So he wanted to just take – yeah, he wanted to just take care of it now. But it was such a long term, too. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, so – I mean, I get it, though. But he did get – he did get screwed in the end. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And, again, he had, like, 12 siblings – coming from a small town in the South. A lot of people during that time, none of the athletes were as financial savvy as they are now. Mm -hmm. so, I'm a better myself, I'm a do this. I put the blame on Scotty though, because granted you weren't financial savvy, you thinking about your family, but you were told not to sign it. The owner of the Bulls is like, nah, it's not a good, not a good contract. Your agent, you didn't listen. So, in my opinion, I put it on Scotty. It's his fault to be take, put in that position. Do you feel Scotty was wrong, though, 
that season, he needed to get surgery. He waited till the beginning of the season instead of doing it in the summertime to get surgery and sit out basically 75% of the season. MJ and the doc called him selfish. Do you agree with MJ that he was selfish? Was Scotty wrong for, hey, he, he realized, yo, I'm not getting paid what I should get paid. Let's renegotiate. And this is how he went about it. Was he wrong? Is he selfish? Do y'all agree with MJ? That's selfish. That's selfish. You want to know why? You want to know what that reminds me of? Hmm. That reminds me of when Kawhi was injured and he was just sitting out. That, remind, that reminds me of that a little bit. And then, no matter what's going on with management, if if we got a coach, our coach is named John Smith, and we are all playing ball on the team. We play ball on multiple teams together. I'm not going to sit out because I'm mad at John Smith. I'm going to – I'm playing for you. I'm playing for Tone. I'm playing for my – you don't do that to your brothers. You don't – you go to war with them, you know. So that's not something you do. That's your fault. You made the, you made the mistake. But you don't let you, you don't let your teammates down, you know. So yeah, you made a mistake, but you don't uh, you don't you don't quit on your team. I thought the same way with Kawhi. You don't you don't not play. You yeah. don't do that. I mean, the Kawhi thing was a little different though, because Kawhi was sitting out because he didn't trust the training staff and he got hurt and he. He just he just didn't trust the organization after a while. Like Scotty's was because he wasn't getting his money. Or he didn't he felt like he was entitled to this money even though he was still under contract. It's kinda like, yeah, he's being selfish. Like you can't there's no other way of putting it. Like MJ's not wrong for saying that. Well, I ain't not wrong for saying that. You're still a you're still a part of the team. Like mm-hmm. no matter how you feel about the organization, you're in the last year of your deal. You're Scotty Pippen. You're going to get money elsewhere next year. So you might as well just give it your all for this last season. Mm-hmm. Him taking that stance kind of – I could see why it would rub people the wrong way and make it seem – I wouldn't say he, like, comes off as a villain in this doc, but he's, he doesn't come off looking like a good, a good guy. <laughs> My opinion – I agree with selfish, but I don't think the right person to say that was Jordan. I take this. I just mentioned it a couple minutes ago. Jordan was making 33 mil for the Bulls, not including all his off the court endorsements. During that time, you know, even now, one of, if not the top athlete in the world. So he had the endorsements, he had all that money coming in. If you know your man's, your, your right hand man, you said you can't say Mike without Scotty. The closest person to Mike wasn't even making 10 mil, wasn't even making five, was making four. In my opinion, how I rock, this is just me. If I know my boys, Miles and Johan, not getting paid and I need them to be successful and I'm getting paid, dag, 22, 23 million more than the next closest person. Hey, give Maz and Johan like five mil of my thing. Mm-hmm. Money, cause I'm straight. I'm good, cause I'm gonna make up whatever I get to them. I got that endorsements: McDonald's, Hanes, Space, Wheaties, Wheaties. Like money was mm-hmm. for them, so I agree. Selfish, yes. 
Jordan saying that? Nah, bro. Nah, bro. You can't say that. That's that's not your place to say that. Don't uh-huh. count somebody else's pockets. Talking about, oh yeah, it's selfish. Leave that. Leave that alone. I, me personally, I'll never be like, yo, Miles ain't spending his money correctly. That's uh-huh. that's your high money. That's a topic I don't I don't touch on. Thirty-three mil. The closest person was four mil on that team. Oh. Hey, I'm giving, give Miles and Johan, give them like ten mil each. I'm straight. I'm gonna eat regardless, and I might. I'll make that up the next year. Uh huh. I could even go back to the whole organizations win, not players, because. Look at that structure. Like he he structured the team. Jordan's making thirty three mil, and then everybody else is nobody's making more than four mil. And you're winning back to back to back championships. So like, how can I don't want to get back into that? But that that just makes me think. Like, I don't get how you could think that the players are the ones when he set up the whole team this way, and it was a deep team. But you see so, players all the time take pay cuts. You've seen uh-huh. take pay cuts for years. Now the organization might want to pay you this way. And of course, it's still, like I said, 60-40. It's on the organization. They shouldn't have set up the pay scale like that. But we've seen in history all top athletes, not saying you should, get your money. But we've seen top athletes take pay cuts. Dwayne Wade took pay cuts to get LeBron and Chris Bosh over there. And it worked out. This is then you got to look back at the organization and you got to have faith in them. D-Way, when it was time to get paid, they didn't want to pay him. That's why he had to go to Chicago for that one year. So I think it falls on everybody in parties. But for me, Jordan's pay structure, how it was, he could have gave Scotty five. Could have gave him eight. Hey, you making 10 mil this year. Can you, can you come play with me like for the whole season? He could have, but like a guy who would gamble millions of dollars on the golf course, he's not necessarily going to be in the given mood when it comes to his. <laughs> I don't, it's it's not going to work that way. He's not. He would never do that. He would never. Of course not. Someone else's salary. Look, we see how much Jordan sneakers are. Yeah. It ain't never been a sale for them. No, unless they're Team Jordan, but <laughs> we ain't touching them. Sell for those. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier about MJ's historic playoff series against the Boston Celtics. That year, you mentioned it also how he broke his foot. They didn't really want to play him. Doctor said it was 10% chance that if he played on it again, he injured, his career would be completely done. There would be no Air Jordan. There would be no GOAT. None of that. And Mike wanted to play as being a competitor only playing 14 minutes and was averaging at least 20 in 14 minutes. That series, he had a couple of big games. He had a 63-point game in Boston against the Celtics. Everybody praised it, but they lost. LeBron had 51-8-8 and in the finals game, game one, and it was a completely different perspective. Oh, if that was Mike, if that was Kobe, they would have won. LeBron didn't do his part. He choked. 
all these different things being said, why do you think MJ and LeBron get criticized differently? Or in this case, MJ gets praised for putting off all those points in a loss. LeBron, he loses. You get the whole world saying it's over for LeBron. I think it's because where they were at, where they are in their careers. Like at that point for Jordan, that's his second season. They they just squeezed into the playoffs, so it's a little more impressive. And then he starts dropping 49, 63. That makes it even more impressive. But then it's like LeBron, like we've seen him do this so often that you kind of become numb to his performances sometimes. Like you don't you're just like, damn, of course he's gonna do that. This is LeBron. If he if he doesn't win the game, then does it matter? Like he's done this so often that you kind of take for granted like his greatness sometimes. But then I don't know. what do you guys think about it? <laughs> it's different. It's different because LeBron, like when he made that move to uh Miami, he became a villain to a lot of people. That's why. That's why. So when he did that, if he was on Cleveland this whole time, he'd be oh pray, oh you know, yo, he's still he's balling out this and that, whatever. But like when he moved and went to like basically like do the help thing or whatever, he was like, eh, it, it, his legacy tarnished. Like he went searching for he went searching for help. So that's the thing. LeBron is great. LeBron is great, and nobody can ever say nobody can never say he isn't. But when he did that, it it, it made it you know. He became more mortal, you know what I'm saying? Jordan's more like a superhero because he never I'm – I'm not going to look for help. Oh, I need, oh, I need Bill Lambeer on my team. I, I need him. Like, he never went looking for help, you know? So, I think that's the reason why. Yeah, I was going to say that Miami, the whole interview, them saying we're not going to win one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. I, that's where people's perspective changed on Braun and people started to hate more. When he was in Cleveland, I think it was the same perspective that they had with Jordan in his early years. Hey, uh-huh. he doing his thing. He just, His team just suck. Hey. With, with average, with average and below average players. Also, how he did the Miami thing, like like, like the TV special thing, yeah, that to which team you're going to go to, it, it, it messed it up, you know, so yeah. – that definitely made a lot of people have a lot of hate and envy towards him. He's came out and said that, you know, he should have did it a different approach. So I think that's where the difference comes in with the judgment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes unfairly how they criticize Braun and the conversation of the GOAT. Hey, MJ still – MJ didn't win anything until Scotty came along. So mm-hmm. everybody needs some type of help, whether you go looking for it, whether the organization drafts for you. Cleveland wasn't doing their part of really getting another star from him. So can you really blame them to go, hey, I'm going to go get me a ring since my organization isn't doing it. you got a different time period, too. Back then, players ain't leave. They was on the same team 20, 15 years. Same team. You just dealt with it. like Loyal to the soil. Yeah. It's just a different time period with social media and everything. You got the case of every any moment 
IG, Twitter, yo, they suck. He just missed the game winner. Nah, Mike the GOAT. Nah, Kobe the GOAT. It's a different time period. So now more so is the conversation of if you don't win a championship, you not you can't be in that conversation of who's the okay. great. All right. So is there anything else that was big or stuck out to you about these episodes of the uh, Jordan doc? Do y'all have him as a year ago? Did the documentary first two episodes change your points on anything? He's already the GOAT to me. I just feel like there's no way, like, unless LeBron would have won six and not lost any, there's no way he could have surpassed Jordan, I think. I do think that Cleveland championship uh, coming back from 3-1 definitely, like, cemented him as, like, number two. Because that was big. Like, coming back against the greatest team, the 73-win team, and you you bring your team back and and win. That's that's a legacy-defining moment right there. You know what's funny you mentioned that? Uh, Tell me what y'all think about this. People that help, you know, do the documentary, they said when the parade for that season happened, that was 2016, right? During the parade, supposedly the documentary, they've been, they've had it. They've been working on it. Jordan never agreed to release it. Jordan agreed to release it during the parade of when LeBron won. Do you, what's your viewpoints on that? Is that because Jordan is actually listening? A team from being down 3 1. The 73 win team. Hey, let me release this documentary to remind people. Mm. I think it played a part in it. A little bit, not that much, because I feel like Jordan's like that confident in what he's done that he doesn't need like a documentary to show people like, oh. I, I'm better than LeBron, just so y'all know. I'm <laughs> that guy. Like, people, yeah, I don't, like, my dad right. knows. He, he's been a Knicks fan longer than me. So, he saw the – Is he Jordan, okay? The Jordan Knicks, <laughs> the Jordan Knicks years in the 90s and how we could just never get over that hump against him. Like, we know how great Michael Jordan is. What's your viewpoints on – Jordan agreeing to uh, release the doc during the parade of when LeBron won. I don't think it had any factor in it. Summertime, you know what I'm saying? Just wanted to drop it. Just wanted to drop it. That's it, you know? You're going you to show LeBron. Uh, no, nah, you're going to show Michael some respect, though. That, that, that's, that's, what he, that's what he want. But no, nah, I don't think that had any uh, – I don't think that had any part in it, though. I don't think so. It just, ha- just happened to be when he dropped it. I don't – I know, like they said, that they were asking him, you know, to get the approval. Uh, I think he did it, being the competitor he is. It did play small, a small factor just to remind people because back in the day, he read an article, he read anything, they talking, oh, Clyde Drexler is better than him. Nobody in their right mind says, says this, but John Starks is better or John Starks could lock up Mike. He could quiet all that on the court. Mm-hmm. At this point, he not 
he can still get buckets, but he's not going to quiet. He's not going to do anything justice for his uh, conversation of being the GOAT. I uh-huh. think he was like, all right. Like I said, you saw Trey Young mention, hey, I had Mike as my number two, but this documentary got me changing my mind. I think that played a factor in it to like to let all these people talking crazy that obviously never got to see Mike. Let me remind y'all, yeah, I'm that guy. Just so y'all know. Speaking of Mike and being that guy, one of his uh, protégés, people that followed him, who was more like him than LeBron, which I think that's where we mess up also. You can't compare it. they two different, totally different players. Mm-hmm. LeBron is a killer in his own right, in his own way. He's not going to kill the game out him. But Kobe documentary is actually supposed to be coming out at some point. They actually had a film film crew follow him for his last season uh, before he retired. The 60-point game, the whole bit. They said it was the most access any film crew has been able to have with Kobe. Oh. What are your thoughts? Y'all looking forward to it? How do y'all feel about it? Are you looking forward to it? Come on now. I know you're ready for it. I, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Um, I want to see just how much he uh, he absorbed his game from uh, in his mindset from uh, Jordan. That's what I want to see. Like you know, what made what made him be like? I I want to. I got to get the Mike mentality. I got to get that. You know, I got to get that killer mentality. You know. I know. I want to see that, especially that last season. See how he approached it. Even though I mean, pretty much everybody knew we weren't making the playoffs. Lakers weren't making the playoffs that year. I want to see how he still approached it to be great to come to. They say he still came to practice every day, working hard. The sixty-point game, like, does it? You know, do we see his viewpoint where he's like, "Yo, Shaq said get fifty. You know, I'm gonna get sixty. Like, I want to see." In a tough season like that, you know, after this, I'm not playing no more. This team not up to my standards as Kobe. You know, how did he keep that same edge, that same hunger to still be great? Uh-huh. I feel like he just, like, later on he got, it just shifted a little bit towards, like, mentoring a little bit. Like, uh-huh. given, given his knowledge of the game to, like, these younger players like D'Lo and Jordan Clarkson and and, and all, all those types of players. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the documentary should come out anytime soon, especially like so close to like his passing. Like it, it needs like it needs to sit on the shelf for a little bit. Like kind of how this this Jordan documentary sat for yeah for a while twenty twenty years. This how this Kobe documentary needs to to wait its time until people are truly ready. Cause I don't think people are ready to like absorb that Kobe documentary, just so fresh off of his death that it shouldn't be any time within the next like five, 10 years. It should be a little ways down the line. That's just my opinion. 
No, I agree. I think further down the line, they should release it. Hey, let me remind y'all of Kobe five, 10 years from now. Look at his greatness again. I don't think he'll ever be forgotten, but I think it should wait, especially with everything going on. Like I said, the timing of it, it'd be tough. Uh, guess you could say the last question that I would have before we close out. If you could see anybody having a documentary, same kind of as The Last Dance, NBA or NFL, whether retired, playing now, dead, anything like that, who would it be? Just one player. Tom Brady. I was going to say that. Brady. 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 I kind of want to see uh, either LeBron, just how he approached everything with dealing with all of the you're not Mike and you have to be a scorer and he consistently decided, no, I'm going to play the game how I want to play the game. And just for entertainment purposes, I want to see Chad, a documentary on Chad Johnson. All the off the court, him eating McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and still being a goat on the field. I'm just on the entertainment. He, he's entertaining just to see how he was able to do that. I think just like even when we saw one in a couple episodes when he was on training camp, those were the most entertaining episodes. Kiss the baby, child, please, the whole bit. So I'd want to yeah. see a documentary on that. But thank you all for tuning in. This is the end of the episode, bonus episode, Jordan Doc, Kobe Doc. We talked about it. Make sure y'all follow, subscribe. This will be on all streaming platforms. Keep showing us love. Keep following us. Keep commenting. We appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all stay safe during this time. We out. Peace. Benchmark. Right. Peace.